Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So good to see all of you. I was sitting off to the side a few moments ago and I was kind of reading through the, the chats that you guys were posting. It's absolutely so encouraging to see all of you participating on this particular platform that you're using. Also, so good to see that my son is tuning in. Uh, Gabriel, I love you. I miss you. Mr. Sofrito, Mr. Sofransky. <laughs> So good to see that you have tuned in and everybody else that is watching, I pray that you're blessed. I pray that you are encouraged this morning as we prepare our hearts to get into the Word of God. Amen, somebody. Listen, this is a wonderful, wonderful time for us to get into the Word. Is there anything better than the Word of God? Not at all. With the, with the pandemic and the, rooting, the, the rioting and the looting and all that stuff that's going on, outside of these walls and in society today, probably more so in communities back east, but this is a season in our lives when more than ever before we need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Amen. So let's get into this. The title that I have for you this morning is identical to last week, a famine for the Word of God. This is part two, if you will, a famine for the Word of of God. Let's pray. Why don't you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we love you this morning. We praise you. We thank you so much for this blessed day that you've given to us. We thank you so much, Lord God, for this life that you blessed us with today. And we thank you for this particular moment, for this opportunity you've given us, not just to gather together as a church family, which is a wonderful thing, an extraordinary thing. But Father, the privilege and the liberty and the opportunity to actually tune in to what you have to say to us by your Holy Spirit, according to your word. Father, there is no better moment than this particular moment when we get to get into your word. We thank you so much for your voice. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for what it is you do in us and through us. Relative to your word, relative to your voice, the way you lead us, the way you guide us, the way you instruct us. And Father, I say those things intentionally because they, they relate to this particular passage. Father, may you give us the understanding. Father, may you give us hearts, that is, to understand, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what it is you're going to say to us this morning. We praise you for it. And these things we pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people say Amen, amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Amos chapter 8. I'm just going to read a couple of verses this morning. This is kind of, like I said already, this is the second part to last week's message. Um, we're going to go over just a few points of just a few of the things that we mentioned last week relative to this particular passage. And then we're going to make a really quick application of this text. Just three or four verses. Amos chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 11, amen. I'm going to give you a moment to find that. Amos chapter 8. We're going to begin with verse 11. It's one of those books you rarely look at, right? Amos chapter 8. Verse 11. Here we go. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, 
but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People would stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they would not find it. In that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. In that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. What an extraordinary declaration in the Word of God. It was a difficult time for the nation of Israel during that time because of the rebellion. Judgment was looming over the nation. The prophet Amos was charged by God to go forth throughout the nation of Israel during that season and to declare this amazing, amazing word. Um, some of you, if you didn't tune in last week, you may not necessarily have the context. I'm not going to get into it um, during this time because it will just, just mean extra time to this particular lesson. But what a difficult time in that season. What a difficult time, not just for that particular nation, not just for that particular generation, but for every generation preceding it and every generation proceeding it, including society today. There's always a, a major consequence that is experienced when people of all nations like today, roughly probably 7.5, 7.7 billion people on the planet today, and it's, it's, it always amounts to a difficult season when we forsake the word of the Lord. It says it wasn't a famine for food and water. It was a famine for the word of God. When we turn our backs on God, can it get any more difficult than to experience a famine for the word of God? I don't, I don't think so. So this message is about, as it was last week, about the importance of God's word. And this particular subject can never be exalted. If every minister, if every preacher, if every evangelist, if every Sunday school teacher just merely entertained this particular subject, the subject of the importance of God's Word, and did so for the rest of our lives, it's pretty much all that we need to hear, especially, as I said to you already, in society the way that it is today. There's, a, there's an absence, if you will, of the Word of God. We know that we have... Bibles galore in society today. We know we have churches galore in society today. But still, in spite of all of it, there still seems to be an absence of the Word of God. I would draw your attention. This is not in my notes, but I want to share it nonetheless. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a message that I once preached before titled Ichabod. And I'm not sure if this is 1 Samuel chapter 4, 1 Kings chapter 4. I, I don't remember where it is, but when the ark of the covenant was stolen, was taken by the Philistines uh, from Israel. And the, the reason why it was taken, the reason why the Lord allowed that to happen, it, 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 as it relates to this passage, Amos chapter 8, God declares through the, through the prophet that there was a famine that was going to come upon the land and it was an absence or famine for the word of God. And the reason was obviously because of the rebellion. We talked about three things last week. I won't mention them here now. 
but there was a famine in the land for the word of God. And people were running to and fro looking to hear something new, something fresh from the Lord, but they could not find it because essentially God had removed himself. From society, we can say we can say it that way because when God stops speaking, if you can't hear His voice, God has essentially, to some degree, to some measure, removed Himself from society. If we don't have His voice or His word, we don't have His voice. We don't have His voice. We don't have His leading and His direction and His guidance. And there's a meaningless that the sort of pervasive in the land. And that's a terrible, terrible, terrible place. So Amos, he warned the Israelites of a looming judgment. They sinned repeatedly um, without any repentance whatsoever. They did not choose to take heed of the word of the Lord or the prophet Amos. And as we see, as a result, the Assyrians invaded the land. They invaded not just Jerusalem, but they invaded the nation of Israel. And as a result, they decimated the nation on so many different levels. But when you think about it, as I stated already, I'll reiterate it now, the removal of God's word was the most significant impact that the nation experienced. God, it could be said this way, God essentially removed himself from the nation. How did they get to that particular place? Morally speaking, that is, how did they get there? What happened? What became of God's people? Why is it they found themselves receiving this one particular judgment the way that they did? Well, the same way it has happened, the same way it has always happened to nations before them and nations after. The same way it's happening to us today. When we begin to entertain the flesh, even in the slightest bit, the flesh begins to take over, take control, and little by little we begin to develop carnal sensitivities. And these carnal sensitivities, they prove to be uh, fatal on so many different levels. And, and of course, as a result, little by little, we begin to lose our sensitivities for God. We begin to lose our sensitivities for the things that pertain to God. And, and, and when we lose those things, we lose our passion. We lose our meaning and our purpose. And that's never a good thing. For the Israelites in Amos' day, God had to remove from them the one thing they most took for granted. I'm going to say that again. Because of their rebellion... God had to remove from them the one thing they most took for granted. His word, his truth. They wanted nothing to do with it. Even, we talked about this last week, even after Amos declared this judgment, excuse me, even after Amos declared this judgment over the people of God back then, they continued in their sin, they continued in their rebellion, in fact, they chose not to consider the day of judgment that was before them. They chose not to consider it. They stayed in the moment, in the day, and they continue to perfect the sin in their lives. That's never a good. And as a result, of course, this negligence to the Word of God, this negligence to the voice of God, they, they, they miss out on the benefit. 
of the word of God. If only they had remained faithful. If only they had gathered themselves and looked to God for his words, looked to God for his leading and for his direction, God would have created something new for them. If only, why? Because created something new. Because the word of God possesses a powerful and amazing creative power, a creative Unction. That's one of the points that I want to talk about here this morning. If only they had remained faithful, God would have transformed their lives because His Word is a sanctifying agent. Isn't that true? When I get into the Word of God, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. God is able to create something new and He's able to cleanse my heart through the Word of God because it's a sanctifying agent. And number three, if only they had remained faithful, God would have preserved them as a nation because his word has preservation power. How many know that to be true this morning? Listen, I've been through hell and back, if we can put it that way, we got French. But I've been through some dire circumstances in life. And I know what it's like to... To, to be challenged by the idea to remain faithful through difficult and dark times. I've been there, done that. And God has always sustained me. We talk about preservation here this morning. God has always sustained me as I remained faithful to Him and His Word. No matter the circumstance. Number four, if only they had remained faithful. We're talking about the nation of Israel during the days of Amos. If only they had remained faithful, God would have saved them. He would have delivered them from all of their enemies. Why? Because the Word of God possesses that particular capacity. The Word of God will save us. It will lead us towards salvation. I believe this points to the most important lesson any person living today or any person living tomorrow can ever experience. And this is that particular lesson, what I'm referring to, that Peter knew so much about. We like to criticize Peter, right, for his recklessness. We like to uh, uh, refer to him in a negative light. from John chapter 6 verses 67 and 68. Jesus was having a dialogue with Peter and listen to what Jesus says and then listen carefully to how Peter responds and remember the theme of this message. We're talking about the importance of the word of God in our lives today. Verse 67, John chapter 6. Jesus said to the twelve will you also go away? Verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of life. You alone have the words of life. When we think about a constitution, especially those of us who are believers today, 
we like to, we can, we can use the analogy of the Constitution of the United States, right? It's important to us as a nation, and listen, I'm a constitutionalist. I love the Constitution of the United States. It's the reason why we are the nation that we are today in so many ways, on so many different levels. But when we talk about, we use that word constitution as it relates to our identity in Christ Jesus. We should always remain faithful to the word of God. As Peter said, and I'll read 68 again. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of life. How important it is for you and I to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. And of course, as I go through this, do not lose sight of the context. We're talking about the nation of Israel during the days of Amos and how they responded to God uh, in forsaking, removing from their hearts, removing from their lives the word of God and the end result. It helps us to understand why the world around us is the way that it is. Think about it. Today we have so many things that are going wrong with society. And we could always attribute it to the fact that society today have, they have denounced the Word of God. We're talking about the importance of the Word of God here today. Society today has denounced the Word of God. And as a result, we have corrupt politics. We have abortion today. We have fake news on so many different levels. Lots of looting and rioting. We even have tribalism. All you have to do is turn on the television today to any channel, including Fox News, and we have this narrative of tribalism. This word racism is being used today more than ever before, perhaps. And there's this division, this dividing effect that's taking place in society today. What becomes of this nation? What will become of this nation when we subscribe to this tribalism effect that's happening in the nation today. Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself will not, cannot stand. And that's exactly what is happening in society today. And when we think about it and think about it honestly and clearly, it's happening because society today has chosen to forsake, to throw off the truth of the word of God. And we as a church, because we have to make some, some type of application in our lives here today. We as a church have to be very careful that as we listen to what is happening on the world stage today, that we are staying rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And we're not allowing the ideologies in society today to, to, to kind of sway us away from the principles that we know to be true from the Word of God. What is the solution today? Mankind has to just simply return to the Word of God. Let's get into this. Number one, creative power in the Word of God. Because we're talking about the importance of the Word of God this morning. We mentioned these points as it relates, at least in my view, to the nation of Israel during Amos' time. If only they had remained faithful, they would have experienced the creative power of the Word of God. 
this applies to you and I today on so many different levels because if you and I remain faithful today, we will experience the creative power in the Word of God today. Hebrews 11.3, you don't have to necessarily go there. I'm not going to read it either because we're pressed for time. I want to keep it moving. But Hebrews 11.3 as well as Genesis 1 verse 3 and Genesis 1, 2, and 3, it, it highlights this particular point. There's power in the Word of God. There's dunamis or dynamite power in the Word of God. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. doesn't matter where you've been, where you think you're going to end up tomorrow. If you can rest assured in the Word of God, you will experience the dynamic power of the Word of God. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter what you're going through. God can create something out of nothing. He did it before. He spoke the world. He, in fact, He spoke the universe into existence. And God can continue to do that in your life and in my life today. Think about John 6, 63. You may want to write these verses down uh, so that you can refer to them later on. Because it's one of the verses that I have here in my notes. The Word of God possesses a power to transform the spiritual realm around us. It has a regeneration effect. I said yes to Jesus Christ long ago in 1989. The Word of God regenerated me. It brought me to life. It's the reason why you've decided to tune in to this particular service this morning. Although it really has nothing to do with no walk grace. It has everything to do with your personal and intimate relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know this point to be true in your life. And so my encouragement to you is to make the Word of God. To take it, make sure that it's personal in your life. And God will restore whatever needs to be restored in your life. Number two, the Word of God possesses the power of sanctification. Doesn't matter what sins that you've created, you've 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 committed, what sins you've committed. Let's talk about the nation of Israel during that time. God was speaking into their lives through the prophet Amos because he wanted to cleanse their lives. God wanted to remain faithful and he has to the promise he made to Abraham so many years before. The promise that he repeated to Isaac and then ultimately to Jacob and to every successive patriarch during that season. He wanted to remain faithful to those promises. And so he was trying to come alongside his nation because he wanted to cleanse their lives. He wanted to sanctify them. He wanted to purify their lives so that they could be faithful to him. And so ultimately they could experience him intimately in their lives. There's something wonderful to that. Right? I'd love to run away with that because it's, 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 there's nothing more glorious than to experience the hand of God at work in our lives. That sanctifying agent that is the Word of God. When was the last time you've done, you've thought, you've said something, you know it's absolutely wrong and you felt guilty? You felt perhaps as if God has wandered away from you? Although the truth is that we wander away from God. And yet the moment we, we lend our ears to hearing what God has to say, He brings about this wonderful and this blessed restoration. That's because there's sanctifying power in the Word of God. 
Psalms 19 verses 7 through 11. You know what? I'm gonna, I wasn't going to read that one, but I'm going to read that one. Psalms 17. Why don't you go there with me? Psalms, no, I'm sorry, Psalms 19. Psalms 19, 7 through 11. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are bright, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. In keeping them, there is great Reward. That was the voice of King David as he expressed from his heart his what he thought about the Word of God and what the Word of God had done in his life and what the Word of God is capable of doing in your life and in mine. It doesn't matter what it is you've experienced, where your heart is right now. Remember we talked about the importance of the Word of God. When we drift away from God, we lose sensitivity for God and the things that pertain to God. And all you have to do is get right back into the Word of God and it will begin to renew and to restore. And I love that about the Word of God. John 17, 17, Jesus Christ was praying to the Father. I love that particular passage. And I encourage you to take the time, sometime today, to read that prayer by Jesus Christ to God the Father. But in 17, 17... He says, sanctify them, praying for you and I, praying for his people then. He said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Why? Because the word of God is a sanctifying agent. Listen, for all you women out there, it's better than Clorox. That's right, Clorox is a good thing. My wife loves that. I got to put her on blast here for a moment. She uses it for everything. But listen, there's nothing like the Word of God. So if you find yourself little uh, heavy burden this morning, heavy laden this morning, I encourage you to get into the Word of God. All you have to do is read a chapter a day. You read a chapter a day in one year, you can get through the entire New Testament. You read three chapters a day in one year, you can get through the entire Bible. It's important to get into the Word of God. Number three, the Bible, the Word of God, it possesses the power of preservation. The Word of God possesses the power of preservation. In other words, His Word is capable of sustaining our life. And this is big. This is an all-important point. Because we often think about how is it that I'm going to make it through this day. And then sometimes we unnecessarily worry about tomorrow. Jesus took up this point in John chapter 6 or in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 7, Pastor Roy could um, remind me if I'm wrong. I think it's Matthew chapter 7 where he, where he talked about 
the importance of the Word of God in our lives. In Psalms 119, verse 9, write that down. I'm not going to, I want to just keep moving, but put that down on your notes. Psalms 119, verse 9, the psalmist, he talks about the preserving nature or capacity of the Word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way, I believe? That's the quote in that particular verse. I, I believe that's what it is. And of course the response is by taking heed to the word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. And how can a young man live? Or how can you and I today continue to live out the principles that we know to be true from the word of God without losing sight of them? Without backsliding, without backpedaling. Well, the Word of God possesses that preserving capacity. You want to hold on? You want to be strong? You want to live out the Word of God? You want to live out this Christendom for the rest of your days? All you have to do is stay grounded on the Word of God. It's not about what he say, she say. It's not about philosophy or any other ideology known to man. And please, don't be listening to Oprah Winfrey. Because if you open up to that woman, she's going to convince you that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. That there are multiple ways to sustain ourselves in this thing called life. There's only one way. Amen, somebody. There's only one way. We know that his name is Jesus, but it's relative to the word of God. All you have to do is get it on the inside of us. The Bible actually teaches us in terms of preserving Christianity today. In Acts chapter 20, put these down because I'm not going to read them. In Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 32, Paul the Apostle admonishes all the elders in the church, or ministers, or preachers, and teachers, and Sunday school, to, to, to use the Word of God to preserve Christianity in society today. Amen. I think that's a, that's a big responsibility for us, right? But it goes beyond the church walls. It's our job as ministers to preach the Word of God so that as a church, as a family of believers, we can persevere. That's the point here. But it's also just as equally important for you and I to grab a hold of this Word and to make sure that we are teaching it, we are preaching it, we are living it out first, and we are sharing the Word of God with society around us. So that God can bring about a preservation to their lives as well. And number four, the Bible, the Word of God, possesses the power to save or to condemn. To save or to condemn. James chapter 1 verse 21. He talks about this. I won't read it. But it, 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 it just it, it highlights that wonderful point. That the Word of God just simply has this nature to bring about life within the... You know what? I'll, I'll take that back. I, let's, let's read that one. James 1. Go with me to James. James chapter 1, verse 21. Indulge me for just another five minutes. I'll be done. James 1, 21. It says... Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. There it is right there. Receive with meekness 
the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's quite simple, it's quite obvious. If you and I want to endure, it could only happen if we stay faithful to the word of God. In John chapter 12, verse 48, I want to read that one as well. I want you to go there with me because I told you already as it relates to this point, the word of God possesses the power, the capacity to save or to condemn. John, John 12, 48. John 12, 48. Are you there? Say amen. John 12, 48. It reads, The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on that day. That's incredible. The reason why, and those are my points, I have a few more words that I'd like to share with you, but again, the theme is the importance of the Word of God. We think in terms of the way society is today, and on so many different levels, they have forsaken the Word of God. As if there would not be a day of reckoning. As if there would not be a day of accountability. But listen, church, it's not just for the world. It's also for you and I as well. Jesus talked about this. Idle words will be brought up once again. The things that we do, how we live out our lives as Christians, we need to live knowing the Word of God to be an extremely important document in our lives. Amen, somebody. I think that if society today would just simply somehow return to the wonderful truth of the Word of God, God will fix its problems. It can happen. We know the end from the beginning, meaning we know what the Bible teaches about what's coming is only going to get worse, so we're not going to get better. It's a lie. But it can happen. God can transform a small neighborhood, a community, a city, a state, a town. God can do so if only we would return to the Word of God. Now, of course, these, these passages, those passages that I read to you, uh, they provide lots of important information to us. But the most difficult thing for you and I today, not just society, but the most difficult thing for you and I to do is to allow the Word of God to have its proper place in our hearts and in our lives. You and I know the Word of God. But we also know that there's more to God than what we are currently experiencing. I don't know where you are with your faith, but I want to challenge you to make sure you make the Word of God personal. You take ownership of the Word of God in your life. And you do whatever it is that's necessary to make sure that you are drawing ever so closer to, to enjoying an intimate relationship with your, your Lord and Savior in mind. Because if we don't, we can easily be swayed by the ideologies in society today. I said this last week, I'll say it again. Many of, many of us are really troubled during this time, this pandemic. We've allowed ourselves to tune in to what the enemy has to say through all of the mediums that exist in society today. And as a result, we have swayed away from the comforts, from the encouragement of the Word of God. And we're struggling with fear. We're struggling with doubt. We're struggling with apprehension. We're paralyzed 
by anxiety on so many different levels, and it ought not to be the case. This is not an indictment. This is not condemnation either. The devil is a liar. This is an encouragement. All we have to do is return to the Word of God. Just listen to the Word of God. Read a chapter a day. Read two chapters a day. And if you read three chapters a day, probably like I do or more, you can go through the entire Bible in one year. That's my encouragement to you, church. And listen, I can't overemphasize this. And you forgive me. Some of you probably already thought last year that I sound like a broken record. But I can't help it. I have to repeat this. There's nothing more important than the Word of God. Nothing more important than the Word of God. And I know if you're anything like me, then we allow ourselves to become vulnerable to the ideologies of this Word. I'm guilty of it too. I have to make sure that I check my heart on a daily basis. I open, in fact, before I open my eyes in the morning, I make sure I'm uttering the promises of God in my heart and on my mind because the enemy, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to destroy us. And he's using misinformation to do that. I got to move on because I have to close. Um, the important thing for you and I to do is to make the Word of God personal, to take ownership, to make sure that we're feeding upon the Word of God on a regular basis. That is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like new more babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. You can't grow, you can't develop. And I'm going to speak to that fallacy that exists in Christendom today. That you can become a believer today and tomorrow everything is going to be okay. That you can become a believer today and, and somehow, way, God is automatically going to take up your case. Growth and development will come automatically and that is not found in the Word of God. In the same way, you and I have to carve out some time in our day to make sure that we're consuming physical food, sustenance for our bodies to continue living. We have to carve out time to get into the Word of God so that we may grow thereby. Mark chapter 8 verse 36. This is the last, actually next to the last verse that I have for you. Mark 8 verse 36. Put that down. It just simply talks about, but it's powerful. It talks about the significance of the soul that we possess. We were created in the image of God. We were, we were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are, more, we are more important to God than all the riches in this world. Than anything that you can accumulate. Than anything that exists that has ever existed. The human soul is more important than anything else. That's Mark 8.36. And it's, if only society today would realize that a simple practice of daily Bible reading would go a long way to ending this famine that exists in society today for the Word of God. God can and He will transform our lives and society if we could only bring ourselves to reading the Word of God. It must have been terrible for the Israelites during the days of Amos, taken away as captives to a strange land, unable to feed on the Word of God, and experiencing, in my view, the worst kind of suffering imaginable. Make a commitment, church. Make a commitment to reading the all-powerful Word of God. Make a commitment not to neglect the, the, the reading of the Word of God. Remove the dust from its cover. 
remove those storybooks and those novels from that are sitting on top of your Bible on the shelf behind you. Remove that stuff. Make sure the Word of God is open in front of you and that you get into it as often as you possibly can. I'll close with this. As Paul told the Ephesian elders when he bid them farewell in Acts chapter 20 verse 32. I quote, So now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you once again this morning for your word. And I pray, Lord God, that we never grow tired of listening to this particular topic in the church, the importance of the word of God. Help us never to take it for granted. And I pledge to you, Lord God, if nothing else, that I will be as faithful to you as I possibly can in declaring this particular subject and this particular topic, the importance of your word. We're living in difficult times. And we know according to your word that it's only going to become more difficult than what it is right now. Help us to understand, Father, without any equivocations, that if we get in your word, you will preserve us, you will sustain us, you will sanctify us, you use this creative power, its capacity to make sure that we remain standing at the end of the day. Father, I love you so much for your word. And I pray that, I pray that you bless your people today. I pray that you bless all those who have tuned in today to this particular service and all those who will hear this word in the future as well. We love you, Lord, and we understand that your word is life, that your word is the solution. It's the secret, Lord God. May we take ownership of this and may we run with it for the rest of our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious and mighty name. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you, church. Good to see you this morning. It was good to chat with you earlier. I think I commented a few times. So good to see all of you tuning in on a regular basis. Um, as Pastor Roy talked about, um, next week, next week, June 21st, we'll be back here on the property. We won't be in the sanctuary, but we'll be on our campus. And it's going to be a treat to see all of you. Please come. Amen. And if you want to fly in from Philadelphia, please do so. Please come. God bless you, church. Love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Oh, before I forget, um, Jean and... Jean and... Mary. Mary Rob Robinson? Ro Robinson. I'm, I'm messing that up. I'm so sorry. I think we missed... We misspelled your last name on our, on our paperwork. I'm sorry. I love you. Uh, happy anniversary. And somebody celebrated a birthday. Who was that? Mona, 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 and who? Nancy. Nancy. And Nancy. Na what? Nancy Solis. Okay, we we get. We, I'm sorry, we got all ghetto. We we lost. <laughs> God bless you, church. Have a good day.